Hello and welcome to the latest Pensions Expert podcast. My name is Nick Reeve and I'm a journalist with Rotic Media and your host for this episode. The UK government is preparing to launch its first green gilt at the end of September or early October and is expecting strong demand. As ESG investing becomes embedded in pension fund portfolios, demand for green bonds is rising rapidly. $290 billion worth of green bonds was issued in 2020, according to the Climate Bonds Initiative, and this is projected to reach $500 billion by the end of this year. Now, despite these big numbers, it is still a nascent market with a lot of uncertainty about it, including around pricing and use of proceeds. Fortunately, to help us through these questions, we have two experts from the Netherlands, which has been a trailblazer on green bond issuance for the past few years. From Cardano, we have Rick Clerks, Senior Portfolio Manager. And from the Dutch development bank FMO, we have Senior Treasury Officer Arthur Leichraff. Since 2013, the FMO has issued more than £1.5 billion worth of green and sustainability-themed bonds aligned to sustainable development goals for decent work and economic growth, uh, reduced inequalities and climate action putting Arthur in a perfect place to explain what we can expect. Firstly, Rick, can you tell us how you think about the ESG issues in the credit market? Well, we used to always look at, uh, you know, risk and return for for bonds uh, where we invest in. And we started uh, our first investment in, in a social bond in 2016. And at that time, it was really, it was a, a Dutch B&G, it's a housing corporation uh, bond. And for us, it was a very logical thing to do because it's part of the, let's say, the risk analysis that you do anyway. But since 2016, it's, you know, it hasn't evolved a lot. Now, how people look at social bonds and green bonds, and it's become somewhat more, more of, a, of, a, of a separate pillar next to risk and return. And uh, it's therefore also, I think rightly so, has gotten uh, a lot more attention. But it does uh, make it more difficult as a portfolio manager or as an investment manager uh, to weigh uh, these three pillars. And uh, to what extent do you find one more important than the other? We find it still very challenging. And what uh, is also not helping is that the, the market is uh, yeah, still in development. The rules and regulations are, are, are not yet clear. We try to be at the forefront of these developments. But yeah, the market will definitely benefit from more clarity. Uh, and turning to you, Otto, um, from the perspective of uh, an issuer, what's the advantage of issuing a green bond, a social bond or a sustainable bond? So, you know, we, we are the Dutch Development Bank based in the Netherlands. Uh, what we do is we provide long term financing to the private sector in emerging markets uh, to promote sustainable private sector growth as part of the Dutch development mandate. And and what we did is that we actually uh, yeah, used our strategy on, on, on the funding side as well. So we, we have incorporated into our funding strategy, which uh, which resulted in, uh, in our sustainability bonds framework, under which we can issue green social and sustainability bonds. What is the big advantage for us? Well, first of all, investor-based diversification. We really connect with, uh, yeah, with with investors who have similar values as FMO, and in, it extends basically our investor base from the traditional fixed income buyers. Secondly, with the issuance of these bonds, we contribute to development of the green and sustainability bond mar- market. Finally, yeah, we have more funding options. We can do just a benchmark bond. 
or uh, a, a, a thematic bond. So it gives you more uh, flexibility as a treasury. And just to get a bit of uh, an example of that, can you talk us through one of your uh, green bond issuances? Yeah, sure. Yeah, as, as to date, we have issued uh, four uh, uh, euro transactions, uh, 500 million each, two Swedish Corona sustainability bonds and one dollar green bond. Let me guide you through our uh, last issue. So that was in March last year, 2020, uh, where we raised a seven year, 500 million euro sustainability bond. We did do that when the COVID crisis started to unfold. Basically, we want to be there for our clients in case they need uh, uh, yeah, liquidity support from FMO. Yeah, that was a very successful transaction for us in terms of oversubscription. So it was uh, uh, four times oversubscribed. But we also uh, extended our in, in investor base a lot. So we, we've seen 70 investors in that transaction, of which 28 were new. Yeah, in terms of pricing, what I can say, because of the oversubscription, we started uh, IPTs as, at mid plus 34. Yeah, we managed to print at, at mid plus 31. So three base, three basis points tightening, Yeah, which was a lot for these times. Um, but we also don't need to forget that uh, yeah, it was an extreme situation also in, uh, in the capital markets. But in the end, yeah, it, it was a very good uh, transaction uh, for us. We like the fact that uh, these issuance, there are other types of investors than bank treasuries or hedge funds and other yeah, investors that may be, may be selling the bonds uh, shortly thereafter, uh, which is not ideal for an issuer, but also not for other investors. They would like to have uh, the bond in stable, stable hands and uh, generally sustainable investors are, uh, are there a little bit more for the long term. You know, because Cardano is often in these issuance process uh, regarded as a sustainable investor, uh, we also get some higher allocations, for instance, for some deals. Now, Otto was talking about um, uh, pricing and, and, and demand there. Uh, Rick, I want to turn to you at this point because um, there is uh, quite often a premium attached to green bonds at the moment. Um, so how, how, how do you interpret that? Yeah, it's a, it's a very relevant and topical um, in uh, a few years ago, there was no premium. And then uh, it was, I think, really about, as Arthur explained, issuers trying to tap new investor pools uh, that were previously not uh, attracted to a particular int- uh, issuer. But um, yeah, what we see now is that the demand for the sustainable, uh, whether they're green or social uh, bonds, is uh, ever increasing. Uh, so more and more institutional investors, uh, pension funds, are interested in these bonds and uh, the supply is limited because the projects, social and green projects are, are limited. Uh, with this ever increasing demand and limited supply, you'll get a premium on these uh, instruments. And this is something that as an investor, you need to get comfortable with. Uh, there are a few things how we, how we approach it. And one is in the Euro market where we are active there's a, a big issuer, which is the EU itself. So they have a large uh, next generation EU program, 750 billion, of which they want to do a lot green. So that supply uh, alleviates some of the pressure on uh, on the premium uh, and something that we would be looking to uh, to invest in. 
But there are other issuers like in Germany where they have a, a twin bond. And uh, what that means is that they have two bonds exactly the same. One is green and one is not green. And there you can really yeah, clearly see what uh, what the premium is. There we are a little bit more careful. But for other issues where we where we can clearly see a distinction in terms of and the characteristics of the bond, maybe it's a, it's a longer dated bond. Uh, typically, green projects are, are are longer dated, so the bonds are longer dated, or it has a smaller size, or the investor base is in fact more more sticky, so they they hold on to the bond uh, longer. And uh, these are also factors that we take into account when we assess the green premium. Yeah, by, but so by using new issuance, uh, looking carefully at the characteristics of the bonds, we, we think we can uh, can manage the, uh, the premium that we pay. But it's still something that also the end investor in the end has to be comfortable with. Now, one issue that a lot of uh, pension funds that are getting into this space are often concerned about is uh, greenwashing. How do they know really uh, that that um, the bond uh, does what it what it says it's going to do? Uh, so, Arto, I wonder if you could address, uh, you know, how, how do we know a green bond is actually green? What questions should investors be asking? Well, I think an important uh, aspect here is that uh, the issuer uh, reports on the use of proceeds in due course. So, so we usually do that, uh, yeah, after a year from from issuance in our annual sustainability bond newsletter, uh, where we actually report on the uh, yeah four green bond principles. What we do there is that we show the nature of the projects we we finance. So, to give you an example, within FMO, we do a lot of renewable energy projects. So there in, in the in the sustainability bond newsletter, we disclose how much of the bond proceeds is allocated towards, uh, for instance, solar energy, wind energy, hydropower, energy efficiency projects and, and, and so on. And so investors know what we basically do with with their money. We ask external party opinion. We work a lot with uh, Sustainalytics that they review um, the assets for the projects that we finance with our bonds and whether these projects meet the eligibility criteria that we have defined in our sustainability bond frameworks. Our internal green label, um, so that that determines whether an asset is green or not, is being uh, reviewed and uh, verified by uh, our external auditor. We are waiting for the EU taxonomy to be uh, come into force, which will help uh, provide uh, like a, a common measure for green and social bonds. And I think the market can benefit from a little bit more standardization. The EU, with the large program, 750 billion, will also help bring together some you know, a, a sort of standards. And finally, what is also relevant is that we try to look through not only you know to the bond, but also to the issuer try to find some some ESG characteristics of the issuer itself uh, and we find that that, uh, that that also helps in assessing whether a bond is, is dark green or light green. We use some data from various providers to do that. Sometimes the data is yeah still a bit spotty. It's uh, and then we do some more qualitative analysis into the company if we if we find that da- the data is not of uh, good enough uh, quality. What also helps is that standardization of uh, reporting becomes more available via the green bond principles. 
I, I encourage issuers to use the uh, standard format to report on your use of proceeds. And so that makes it for investors easier to uh, to compare use of proceeds reporting among issuers. So now all this is very, very relevant for the UK because we're about to see the UK government um, issue its first uh, green gilt. So uh, I'm interested in, in your views, Rick and Arthur, about this. But what's, what is the proposal and what you're looking out for? And pension fund trustees listening to this podcast, what should they be, should they be investing in this green bond? What should they be looking out for? I think they uh, they should uh, they should at least uh, have a, have a very close look. Uh, I'm for sure going to have a very close look at uh, at the bond uh, for a couple of reasons. So first of all, it's it, it's going to help to uh, bring more transparency to you know government spending. I think the bond in itself. I don't know where it's going to be priced, but it could be interesting in itself uh, due to the fact that uh, it's 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 relatively long data, it's going to be a debut issuance. So they want to uh, attract large uh, group of investors. And also what yeah, what we mentioned is um, it's going to attract different investors than other you know, uh, investors in guilds, which is both interesting for the DMO, but also uh, for us. Trustees should you know, carefully consider how much and if they are willing to uh, give up yields for uh, for this, uh, this this purpose, and there's no right or wrong answer to that, or ask their advisors to have a have a view on that. Basically, I think the uh, with a lot of sovereign issuance uh, lately, uh, personally, I think the the UK cannot stay behind for every issuer, including the the DMO. It's important to look at investor base diversification. It gives you gives you more options going forward. It, it also tells you about the strategy the UK has in, in let's say, greening the economy. I think that is also uh, crucial to, to take into account the climate agreement. I, I think it's important that, uh, and, and you see that happening, that, that more and more sovereigns start launching uh, green bonds, which means they also uh, actively, in my view, want to green the economy. And Rick, a final thought from you. Yeah, so when, when, when people approach uh, sustainable investing, they often think about, you know, can I invest directly in solar parks or wind parks or uh, uh, through equity or private equity? And they uh, overlook debt uh, and, and government bonds, et cetera, uh, which um, I think is very logical because the impact may be uh, a little bit more indirect. But pension funds... Uh, just by the size of the of the assets and the portion that's allocated to government bonds, uh, it's just so much money, and it can be put to uh, to use through these these sustainable bonds. So I think it's uh, just by the by the size, it's uh, very worthwhile in uh, forming a, a view on it. My thanks to Rick Klux and Arthur Lechraff for their time, and thank you for listening to this Pensions Expert podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.